It's time for another episode of The Cultural Hall, and before I get to the number, because what am I doing? Stalling. I want to say sorry for, uh, you know, for last week, for not posting an episode. It's been a busy week. I get married three weeks from tomorrow, so I've got a thing. I've got a thing yeah, or two. Yeah, that can't be on your mind no, very no, much, no, right? No, no, no. It's, uh, I still haven't sent out invitations to people. I'm getting in trouble uh, for that, so... Uh, have a little bit of patience with me. We will get back on track. I will take this opportunity to let you know that if you are not a Patreon subscriber of the Cultural Hall, you're going to want to do that sooner more than later because uh, after the 1st of October, the ability to do that at the cheaper $1 entry level will uh, be going away. It's gone. It's going to not be there anymore. It'll cost a little bit more and we'll actually start having incentives for you to do so. So... Uh, you know, get in. Why not? Why wouldn't you get in right now? That's the thing. Uh, it is episode 345. And uh, you might hear that voice and go, who, I, I don't know who, if I know who that yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, what's, what's, what's this voice coming through? Uh, Andrew, my friend Andrew. Andrew Mayer. Uh, that, that's about all I know about him. So there we go. We're going to all <laughs> learn together. No, I'm teasing. I know a little bit more, but uh, to be truthful, we'll know a little bit more... Uh, by the end of this uh, little opening, then we'll get to the uh, articles of news coming up in the second hey, half. Hey, do I get to get the three questions since this is my first time on? Uh, or do you not usually do that well, in articles of news? I mean, we news? don't do it in articles of news typically, right. but since you brought it up, uh, which lets me know that you are at very least a convert of sorts, but probably a lifer? A we'll... lifer. Started with day, episode one. Oh, my gosh. I got, went a little less active when I moved to Texas. Uh, but have you repented, gone I've back repented, and listened to all the episodes? Gone back, gone back and listened to everyone I missed. Wow. Um, yep. Uh, that, is, uh, that is a remarkable feat, to be sure. Uh, tell, tell people a little bit about uh, where you're from and what you do and, and why you're here. Well, I live in Austin, Texas. Uh, well, north of Austin, Texas, in a little town called Round Rock becoming less little though <laughs> yeah like any small town right it's right. becoming medium-sized town yeah um i moved there four years ago i i grew up in ogden utah so that's that's kind of where i i cut my teeth i guess <laughs> yeah came about the show how x96 yeah um yep. the, the old day job of yep. mine and then you you and i remember you announcing that you were going to do it and i was like excited for it and so i was waiting for it and yeah started day one and uh, what do you do for a living? You're here, obviously. We're in the home studio today doing this. So uh, what brings you to Utah? Well, two reasons. I'm actually here for business and pleasure. So I came this weekend. My mom has this window between nephews going on missions. Um, and, it, you know, we, we don't know when my other nephew is going to go, but she wanted to get pictures of the family oh, before you're, you're another here. two years happens. Right? You're here getting pictures? I was here getting pictures. And then she threw a whole big party. So we did a Hawaiian luau. We had dancers. And it, she she really worked really hard on it. It was cool. So. so so is your whole family with you? Or are you married person? So yeah, me and my wife, my whole family's with us, just the two of us. Nice. Actually, our two dogs weren't are part of our family. Oh, did you bring them too? No. Oh. They had to be in the kennel. Oh, come on. They had to be in there. They deserve camp. They deserved a Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, they're going to camp. It's a, it's a summer camp. No big deal. Uh they got to be in the picture too. They're your family. They're your kids. I totally agree. I don't but think they travel well. Yeah, but mom did not agree. Yeah. How did the pictures turn out? Good. I think it's really well. Yeah, yeah, I think really well. We had everyone show up. No one, we always worry with your family and someone doesn't show up and then ruins the whole day or whatever. Yeah. Everyone showed. Everyone was happy. No one fought. No one. <laughs> Did you guys do um, thematic colors or shirts or something like that? Yes. Yeah, so there was a, my mom designed, my mom's a, used to be a graphic artist cool. for um, Standard Examiner. Okay. The for, newspaper out of She was Ogden in charge of all the ads, to, ad graphics and everything oh, wow. else for, the, for years. Yeah. She was the lead there. So she designed a little logo and then we all got to choose the color of shirts we wanted. Aww. So we got to submit the top three colors we liked and then she picked the ones that we she she wanted out of those colors. Oh, so. that's great. So I had orange. How, many, had orange. how many people is it all together? Um, well, geez. Is, is it one of those photos that's just like everyone's so small because there's so many people that you can't fit everyone? No, in? it's not that big. Man, I, I don't know, have any idea how many we have. We've got to have 45, 50. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's quite a few. Yeah, I have, uh, 
you know, well, I have two step a brother, a step brother and step sister, um, and then I have uh, four other siblings as well. Nice. So. How's church down in uh, Texas? I know a couple of weeks ago we had uh, Chow, our friend Charmaine. Uh, she's from down around that yeah, way. Yeah, San Antonio area. Yeah. Are you guys same stake? Oh no, we're so she's she's um, between San Antonio and Austin. Uh-huh. I'm up north. Oh, the other side. Oh, no, the other, other side. side, of other side. So we have a bunch of stakes there, and there's like three stakes just in the Round Rock area. Oh wow! So we yeah, have so, a, so a, not a small town at all. No, no, it's it's actually quite a growing. In fact, Round Rock is where Dell Computers is oh. is headquartered. So we have a lot of tech. That's why I'm there because yeah. that's what I do. I'm a sales engineer um, for a company called Poly. Oh, cool. Or used to be called Polycom, if you might know that. Uh, but the, that second syllable was too much. They're just like, yeah, yeah listen, yeah. guys, we guys what do we got to do? Can we drop the com, Actually, um, you've heard of the company Plantronics? Uh-huh. We merged last year. Oh, cool. And with that merger, instead of going with both, they just picked a new. Hmm. So Poly is the. Uh, you know, the, uh, the company Plantronics, if you search the deep, deep crevices and corners of the internet, you can see a commercial I did for Plantronics <laughs> probably 14 years ago. I'll have to go look. Uh, I'm going to dig. It's uh, it's Plantronics. It's their headset. And I played the Cubicle Cowboy. <laughs> and if you can find it, I would love for you to share that because uh, it is... I will not only look on Google. If it's not there, which I'm usually good at that, I will find someone in the company who, who has it. Because I'm sure they have it It's somewhere. pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> but but I want so I'll you to take kn- that homework. But you want you to know. I want you to know. I uh, I committed uh, by fully having the handlebar mustache and uh, <laughs> you know wearing the chaps or is it chaps for the commercial shoots. So. Well, at least you committed. Uh, and you're part of the Patreon group, so I'm sure that you'll share that there in the Patreon yeah, group first. Yep, so yep. so take that, everybody else. I'll get around <laughs> to sharing it with everybody else. Uh, what else do people need to know about you? Um, oh, geez, uh, I. I, I do some blogging. Mm-hmm. Uh, I spend a lot. And what I, the one thing every year that I really do when I blog is every day during Christmas, mm-hmm. I write a blog post every day. So we're talking the month of December or like yeah, 13 month, days of Christmas? Month, okay. month of December. So okay. 24. I don't do 25. I do 24. Yeah, give the day off. Basically, I call it my personal advent calendar. Oh, cool. And I just do a, it's usually about 1,500 words a day. So I did it a few years ago as an exercise to get me writing more because uh-huh. I've always wanted to do it. And I love Christmas. So that's probably the thing you need to know about me the most is I thrive on Christmas. I thrive on how many more days till Christmas it is now. Is it the, it's like uh, 98 right now. Is it, the, is it the holiday of Christmas? Is it the spirit of Christmas? Is it how everyone is? Is it the presence? Do you give oh, yourself it's, a it's piece everything. of chocolate after you write each Advent Day calendar? <laughs> no, I, I just... Um, I. I, I live for the the comments afterwards. Mm. I really because I, I I try to take a a fun look at some things and a serious look at others and try to give my perspective on things like shepherds and angels and mm-hmm. stars and I have a different topic every day and service and everything and I just loved seeing what the the people say back and they'll often tell me stories family members and other friends because the other thing i do i have a lot of followers on facebook because mm-hmm. i make a lot of stupid jokes uh-huh. and so that kind of builds that base and so i get i get people who i don't even know telling me their sto- christmas stories of someone who passed away or something else it's a little you know, addicting isn't it? It, it 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 absolutely is and i i love it so i every year i do that and this year i'm I don't know if I'm going to actually do this, but I'm I'm actually writing a book. Really? So about it, Christmas? Yeah, it's a Christmas story. Okay. And there's but, already a book called the Christmas a yeah, Christmas story. It's actually called well, the working <laughs> title is called Tales of a Paper Boy. Okay. A Christmas story because oh, cool. I, I was a paper boy in Ogden, Utah, growing up, and I, I you know anyway I won't go into the, too much of that. But my my thought this year is. I'll read some of my chapters for some of my days. Cool. We'll just see. I like it. I might get to the end of the book. I'm about three quarters of the way through, and I might go, yeah, I'm not sharing this with anyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it might be really bad. No, this is this is for me and me alone. Yep. You know, it's an interesting thing talking about Christmas stories especially. So, <clears throat> uh, I mean, we're a few months early, but... Uh, Never. I, no, no, no. No? No, I'm listening to early? Christmas music in the car before I walked into I, the store. See, I feel like that's a little <laughs> early. I mean, I'll let you do it. I'm not going to be like, don't do that. I'm actually doing it because I'm writing the book. And yeah. It gets me. In the spirit. I don't normally in September. Well, that's not true. I'm the like, ward <laughs> choir director. So I, act, I do listen to 
we start preparing Christmas music now. Uh, okay, so two things. The word choir director reminded me of a story that I have to tell okay. before I forget. So this last Sunday was my stake conference, and uh, we meet at the assembly hall for our stake conference. Oh, cool. Because uh, that's just where my stake is, and, and it's a big enough building, etc. And so uh, a good friend of mine from performing, um, he is the stake choir director. And, um, and so it's always fun to watch him you know, conduct and, and he takes things very serious and, and he's conducting the, the opening number and, you know, people are singing along kind of like we typically tend to do, but the organist was rushing and then was slowing. Right. So it was like, it was like driving with a 16 year old, right? Yeah, like yeah. fast and then <laughs> the brakes. And, right. uh, and, and it wasn't so bad. But you could tell because what he does is he's a professor of music. Oh, so, so he's he really so he knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's not like I, you know, have been the director for years and you, I know this. If you're the organist, you follow him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the other. Mostly, well, it's the other well, way around. <laughs> exactly. But it always should be the conductor. Yeah, agree. agree. Uh, so, so that's his pedigree where he comes from. So we get to the seventh inning stretch. You know that song that you do where everyone goes, oh, "Come on, we're only halfway through," uh, and. The conductor, the intermediate him, you yeah, mean. the intermediate him. I, seventh <laughs> inning stretch. I like to make it a sporting event. So he gets up and he starts. Uh, he starts the song, and I start singing because I've always been trained to follow the conductor. And uh, my fiance looks over at me and is like, "Why are you singing?" I was like, "Cause I'm following the conductor." They had already done the prelude on the uh, on the organ or whatever, and um, then the organist catches up, and uh, <clears throat> I'm like, "Okay, well." Uh, this is going to be fun. And then throughout that first verse, back and forth between slowing way down and then speeding back up, right? And so he walks away from the um, like the podium and goes back to where the organist is because I think there's a sightline <laughs> issue. And and he, to his credit, is like maybe you know maybe they can't see. And so then he goes back and talks to the organist while she he or she is still playing, and then comes back up and then does a little bit bigger arm motions, thinking. You know, that's that's, help, that's yeah. clearly is what's going to help. Halfway through the second verse of the song, same deal, same issue, goes back to the organist, you know, comes back. You can tell that he's just frustrated, <laughs> comes to the thing, gets to the end of the second verse, heads into the third verse, into the third verse, about one or two stanzas, and he takes the baton and throws it in the air <laughs> and walks back to where he had sat to observe why am i the, even here yeah right. yeah the, well, why am i even why here? am i doing it throws the baton in the you're air do. uh so i tracked down his cell phone number because like i say he's a friend of mine i knew he had sent it to me or that it was in my phone and i sent him a message and i'm like hey i just want you to know that i was following you and that i understand <laughs> what it is and and i see him then out of the corner of my eye a few minutes later he's standing at the back of the assembly hall and I just go up and I give him a big hug and I'm like, listen, I'm sorry. And he's like, oh, I sound, I acted like such a child. And I was like, well, but to your credit, you know, people should follow the conductor. Yeah. I mean, that's the that's how this thing works. But and I, I agree with that. I mean, the people should follow the conductor. But I, I, I do think it's a it's a, a tough job to be the organist. Yeah. First of all, most mostly doesn't no one appreciates the talent and yeah. the time that and it's it took a, and it's a lot of talent. Yeah. And every week. Yeah. To practice, people think that you play the piano or you play the first of all that you play the piano that you can then play the organ, which, which is isn't not true. the case. Yeah. Um, but then that they don't have to constantly be working at it. They think it's just something they show up on Sunday to do. Right. Now that's the now that's the the direct the chorister. They can show up on Sunday. Right. You know, but the organist cannot. And so I I, I struggle with that. I've had organists do the same thing to me, and I, and I want to be frustrated like like he was, but I also. My mom's my was my piano teacher. My uh, mom is the or so I know I can hear my mom telling telling me to shut up. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's a thing, right? Like everyone's a volunteer, so you just do the best you yep, can, and then yep. you go sit down. Yeah, but right. but it, it was you know to his to the conduct to the chorister's credit, it was the most rushing and <laughs> and slowing I've ever heard in all my years of going to church. One thing I love about ward choirs, state choirs, or anything else is no matter how limited they are if you compare them to the Mormon Tabernacle or the Tabernacle Choir at Temple mm -hmm. Square, whatever. They're always, in my opinion, some of the most uplifting um, 
even with their their weaknesses. Mm-hmm. It's actually, especially because of their weaknesses, I find that they're the, some of the most uplifting um, performances in in the sacrament meeting. Yeah, um, and I just all these people bearing testimony of this same topic, and it just it moves me to tears sometimes on the simplest little things. So. Well, and they all come at it with just wanting to to serve or to worship, right? Yes. Yeah. And, that, and that's, I think, where there's it, a purity it comes for there. me. Yeah, yeah exactly. A... It's not the best sounding thing sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. You kind of yeah. have to turn your ears yeah. off sometimes. Yeah. I'm the ward choir director and really struggling to get keep everyone coming. And by the way, my organist follows me. Yeah. My, my accompanist. I just want to make sure I state that. So, Sister Butler, I'm not yeah, knocking yeah, yeah. on you Sister Butler's top notch. Yeah, I get it. Absolutely. She's top shelf. <laughs> uh yeah, but it, the way that people come at it, I love it. I love when when it uh, and the other element of it that you just don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. It's kind of fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Here it goes. Uh, hey, all right. Yeah, okay. We got that. And, and Christmas, Christmas is my favorite. So, again, getting ready for Christmas again. Getting ready for. I always do. I always try to go bigger than the bishop wants me to, and they sure. always have to back me down. Sure. I come from the theatrical background and everything else. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, Andrew, Andrew, all right. Um, so It's not your sacrament meeting. We're not going to be isn't? able to let you have the camel in the <laughs> yeah. chapel this year. Appreciate it. Appreciate where you're coming from. I've been uh, I've been a part of some of those yep. things where you're just like, okay, th- this has gone far beyond the worship and more I into the totally, spectacle. I have to, what I do is still withholding. Like I'm... And they're still telling me, oh, you got to cut back a right. little bit. And I'm still holding. I'm like, I'm holding back already. yeah. yeah. Uh, before we head into the actual article of news, when we take a break, uh, do you have a particular episode of the cultural hall that you're like, that's my one, that's, the, that's my jam. That's my favorite. Well, I, my, it was one of the early ones. Kirby Hayborn was okay. one of my favorites, but recently, uh-huh. um, uh, I've really been impressed with several of them. There was one about marriage that really, um, about things you should know. Oh yeah, the counselor um, Kirk Voss. Yeah, Kirk yeah. Voss. And by the way, I've been following his his podcast yeah. since then, and it's, it's called Emotion Ally. It looks like emotionally, yeah, but it's Emotion wonderful. Ally podcast. Yeah, you know, it tells me all the places I need to correct myself a little bit, but in a good way. In this, in the sweetest, like he could tell he could tell me the worst thing in the world, and that guy, I go, I go yeah, yeah, okay, <laughs> oh, you're right, okay, I'll work on it. He and, really is. He's he does a tremendous job with that, and. With his counseling, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And then um, the, last week's. Last week's was so striking and moving. Um, it's Marty Bone. Bone. Yeah. I always forget how to pronounce it because you want to say it's brown, but it's not. Um, she, a friend of mine from back in high school, uh, if you haven't listened to it, it's episode 344, just a uh, message of, of hope on one hand, of devastation on the other. Um, There's life. I, I, I like the ending. Because it's such a tragic story, yet when you you know her her outlook is so positive, mm-hmm. even the fact that she's on there talking about it, that there's there's a way through these kinds of things. And I've yeah. had those experiences where I've had the world come crashing down on me, or what I thought was the world come crashing down on me, and realizing that that others are there for me, um, and that the that the Lord is there for me. So. Yeah, I love it. Thank you for putting those into words like that. Um, let's take a break, and when we come back, I've got a couple emails I'm going to share, and then we'll get to actual articles of news. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Hey, this is Dan, the Laptop Man from PC Laptops. Are you experiencing panic attacks, nausea, or diarrhea? Is your computer not turning on? Is it running super slow? Is your internet crawling? Or is it just randomly crashing? You could be suffering from ICS, Irritable Computer Syndrome. I want you to ask yourself, when was the last time you had your PC cleaned? Over time, Windows, updates, spyware, malware, and dangerous viruses will make your computer run like crap. You need to bring in your laptop or desktop PC, no matter what brand it is, and let me run a 100% free virus scan, malware, and spyware scan on your computer. 
Don't wait and risk losing everything. Now, why are we doing this for free? Because we want to impress you so much that if you or any of your friends or family need a computer, service, or phone repair, you come to PC Laptops first. Get into any one of our locations right now or check us out at PCLaptops.com. PC Laptops, where computers start at $7.99. PC Laptops, we love you. I want to take a quick second and talk to you about Best DJ in Utah, now in its second year. Last year, I went to Washington, to Roche Harbor, and did a gorgeous wedding. This year, I'm slated to go to Moab, to go to Denver to do weddings. And guys, it couldn't be going any better. Thanks, in large part, to folks like yourself, people who are listening to this and say, you know what, I need a wedding or a mobile DJ for something, and then reach out to me. You can go to bestdjinutah.com. You can find me on all the social medias at Richie T. Stedman, or you can certainly just send me an email, Richie, R-I-C-H-I-E-T as in tough guy, Stedman, S-T-E-A-D-M-A-N at gmail.com. I would love to see what I could do to make your event that much better. Whether it's a party or the biggest day of your life, you need the best DJ in Utah. And like I said, it doesn't have to be in Utah. It can just be the best DJ in Utah. I don't know. Now we start to get into like the technical things. It's bestdjinutah.com. The Cultural Hall wants you to help Utah Food Bank fight hunger statewide. Through your donations of food, time, or money, Utah Food Bank is able to distribute over 31 million meals annually to Utahns facing hunger. Even a $1 donation can be turned into $7.35 of goods and services. One in five children in Utah could go to bed hungry tonight, and 423,000 Utahns are unsure where their next meal will come from. By donating food at your local pantry or by visiting utahfoodbank.org, you can make a difference. It's time for the second half of Articles of News, wherein we do actual articles of news. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. And here we go. This first uh, little bit will be emails. Uh, This is from Kevin. He says, I just listened to your articles of news, wherein you mentioned the new training for youth safety, and I have a view to share. He says, I've been a Boy Scout leader and district trainer for 10 years. The new training is great that the church put out. The comment that I have is that getting an adult to sit down even for 30 minutes for a training that they feel is not important is nearly impossible. As I mentioned, I've been a Boy Scout organization trainer for 10 plus years. And from past experience, getting an adult to sit in a meeting where the principles of safety and such are being taught has gone the way of the world. We gave up the meeting approach and made it available online to quote BSA professionals, quote, so the adults can sit in their PJs at midnight and be trained. Guess what? Training still did not get accomplished. So your and Annette's comments about it is a step in the right direction. It is, but how do we get the saints to step up and take responsibility for their callings and the rising generation? He says, we have and continue to fail our youth. Stand up and do our responsibilities in whatever position we hold. Mediocre is not enough. Enjoy the show. He sent that to uh, contact at theculturalhall.com. Thoughts? Oh, I think that's that's a common practice uh, issue, even in the the professional world. I I train people for a living. I train about engineering principles with our products and stuff. I'm sorry, I'm asleep already. What? <laughs> I'm, I was getting to something good. <laughs> we talking about engineering. Oh, uh, engineering is all Policies, gone off. And then I can talk about IP addresses, uh, and I can talk about security an and, app. Thank and different you. protocols. Yes. Oh, okay, so no, we good. won't do that. Um, but there there's a certain aspect that even anyone in the the field needs to understand mm-hmm. and so i typically train all the all of them on that and keeping them engaged is really tough so if you can't do a a one on one you have to resort to things like videos and things they can do in their pjs and everything else and i think but when you do that you're you're basically just laying down a minimum standard mm-hmm. you know and i think that's what's going on here and i right. think what he's he's expressing is is you know that minimum standard is really just not enough. I mean, it's right. it's enough legally to to help with you know. Hey, we did inform them; they did do this training, and you know, but um, it it's not enough culturally or doctrinally either. I mean, so I think I think the the local authorities need to take that on their hand to to teach, yeah, and and that, and and teaching doctrine will always change people's belief. Uh, behavior quicker than anything else. Isn't Packers say something yeah. like that? Yeah. You teach him, oh, he gave the whole format of it, right? Uh, 
Yes, everybody knows what we're talking about. Why can't I think? Uh, yeah, of I can't quote it exactly, yeah. but you all know. Go look yeah. it up on Google, and then <laughs> then someone will post it in the bottom. <laughs> and then we'll be like, yeah, 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 that, yeah, that one. Um, I want to say this too. Thank you to Joy Hollinghouse, Hollingshouse. Uh, she sent a suggestion of a guest, and that guest will be on the show in the future. But I'll save that email. So thank you for sending that to contact at theculturalhall.com. I also got this. This I didn't is, know she requested me. This Exactly. <laughs> he's right here. Uh, this from the other Kevin. Hi, Richie and others. I just want to update you all where I've been. So this is the Kevin we always hear from. Says, I'm now back in Utah, and I've really missed Utah since I was living in Montana. I'm living in Utah County, and I never thought I would say this, but I like it in Utah County better than Salt Lake County. So Kevin's <laughs> throwing a little shade. Wow, uh, he's throwing down a gauntlet. <laughs> See, I'm from Ogden, so we're the... We're the black sheep of everyone. Yeah, no one ever says. No one cares. No, not from, not from Weber County. <laughs> are you kidding? It says, even when I would come down here from Salt Lake County to Utah County five years ago for a job interview or just to see extended family, I always had a feeling, a better feeling down here than I did in Salt Lake. Uh, anyhow, I'm glad to be back and would like to do articles of news with you sometime. I know I may not fit the mold of the cultural hall. I'm more conservative than most of your panel, but I'd like to do the news with you once or at least observe you in the panel doing the news. I'll write to you later. As always, feel free to read this email on the show, which I have. Thanks for uh, being a touch. Kev, let's, let's figure out our schedules and, and get something like that rolling. And then I just want to share, uh, oh, two more actually. Uh, our friend Michelle Stevens Williams, or Mich- oh, I got to remember how this goes. Michelle Rhiannon Stevens Williams, she says, "I grew up with Andy Mayer. <laughs> I really like uh, the the blog post. Uh, what would Mister Rogers do? That's okay. one of yours, yeah, right? Yep, yep. Uh, she says it's a long read, worth checking out. So I'll make sure that we put that in association. Who was with it? What was the name again? It's Michelle Rhiannon Stevens Williams, or Stevens Williams Rhiannon." I forget. It's Man, Michelle. I, I don't. Sorry, Michelle. I don't rem- remember. Oh, you remember her. You remember Will her. I? Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. I'll show you a picture in a second. Uh, she has been a longtime Patreon fan of the Cultural Hall, and and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna see your face and go. Oh, uh, I really yeah, should have known. Yeah, who that is. Oh, I really messed up. And then this. This one is from Dave, and I don't know actually how many articles we'll get to because of Dave's email. So, he sent this original email. Richie, I just heard the episode where you talked about the change in the church's firearms policy and active shooters. I wish I could talk through my phone at YouTube because your discussion sounded like two people who don't really want to think about the problem. Or maybe another analogy could be of virgins talking about sex. (laughs) Now, I've never been in a shooting before, but I have had a fair amount of firearms training. I have had personal defensive shooting training as well as armored car guard and law enforcement training and am a utah concealed carry permit instructor i wish that you had a little more diversity in the opinion in the opinions on the show in podcast form if you would like some input let me know to which i said i'd love some additional input um but know that we uh we're planning on an, a further upcoming episode about the guns of church so he said okay cool. so here comes his here comes his input First of all, people who got who get Utah concealed carry permits are actually following a much stricter legal standard than is required to own guns. Uh, a list of the qualifications that they need include things like they have to be 21 years of age, they have to have proof of good character, not convicted of any offense including the use of uh, alcohol, they cannot be convicted of any offenses involving the unlawful use of narcotics, can't be convicted of any offenses involving moral turptitude, which is a great word, uh, has not been convicted of any offense dom- involving domestic violence, has not been adjudicated by a court of state or of the United States as mentally incompetent, is qualified to purchase and possess a firearm. He says a criminal background check is conducted for all applicants. So this is the state of Utah, which is why probably we haven't gone too in-depth on it because they vary from state to state. Oh. Extremely. Uh, so he says, so people with the Utah permanent are definitely not dangerous criminal criminals. They are about as far away from being criminals as a person can be. I'm reading his attitude into this, by the way. There are enough permits. 
Utah permits for about 10% of the adult popula- population. So if you leave your house and encounter more than a dozen people, statistically, you have been in proximity with a gun. Carrying with a permit is legal in Utah schools. It has, in fact, never been illegal, but there's been a battle. Do-do-do. So clearly in Utah, we live peacefully with legally carried guns nearly everywhere. The only problem that I have heard with a concealed carry permit holder in a public school was a teacher who accidentally fired a gun while using the bathroom after regular school hours, which I actually remember that story. Um, he goes on, John Lott, an econom- an Economist by training conducted the largest analysis of violent crime data up until that point to see what the effect concealed carry had on a violent crime. His analysis was published in the book More Guns, Less Crime, showing that that legal concealed carry has a beneficial effect on the rates of violent crime. Um, And he goes on and then goes on and then goes on. And continues to go on. So actually what we're going to do is in part of an upcoming episode, um, we will have uh, him come into the show. His name's Dave. Uh, I'll either get him on the phone or get him here in person. Because to to his point and why I shared at least that much of his email is I don't ever want anyone to think that we're just trying to push uh, one point of view or one particular uh, theme within this. Within reason. I think there are a few things that we can all just agree. Like, yeah, yeah it should be this way. Like, uh, kids, you know, being put in dangerous situations yeah. is never okay. Ne- for um, any reason. Uh, yeah, at all. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> um, but I but I do want to share not only his point of view, but I'm sure that there are a lot of you who listen to this and go, you know what? Uh, maybe I feel like the church is making a mistake by saying we are prohibiting guns within the walls of the ch- the church and certainly the chapel. But the other point is, and I know enough about both the people that I know who have concealed permits and also just people in general, just because whether it's the handbook or the church says, don't do this, they do it anyway. they're still going to do it, <laughs> right? And maybe that, uh, maybe that is the thing that, you know, maybe I'm just cynical as far as that goes, but... Like, look at all the other aspects of the church where where people are told to either do a thing or not do a thing, and how we look at it and go, yeah, 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 but not but me. I'm gonna do it but this way because because it works better for me if I could. So, um, I I I uh, I am not a, as much of a fan of guns as lots of people, but I think that they serve a purpose. Um, I, I I agree. I I uh, I stand on the regulated gun. I think we, I think there can be reasonable regulations as a public society, but I don't believe we should get rid of guns, get make make them outlaws. Like there's, and it just seems like the people on the on this issue are just all one way or the other, the vocal yeah. ones. Yeah, the ones. But if you talk to most people, they have, they don't want people's guns taken away, but they want to be feel safe right. about people having guns. And however we can achieve that, right, within the realms of legal constitutional. That's what we should do. We right. should do that. And you won't please everyone. That's the no. other thing, right? No. I mean, we, there are going to be some people who are just like, I'm mad. And other people <laughs> are like, I got everything that I wanted. But, uh, I mean, it by the virtue of saying, hey, no guns at LDS churches, I think there's a little bit of danger in that. I'm not. I agree. I'm, I'm not uh, blind to how that, how and what that could mean. I'm, I'm you know, again, I, is similar to Lowe's comment last week, but I live in Texas, and so we're really close to you, all your the, guns. The, the, <laughs> you sleep with your guns. I don't have guns, but guns. I know where I could get them. Anyway, yeah. um, no, but that, there was a shooting at a church. Mm-hmm. Couple, and, yes, couple, yeah. and and uh, those those are very um, poignant to me to think about those. What would happen? What would happen if no one has guns? I mean, we're in Texas. I'm sure someone in our ward has a gun. Yeah, but um. um but what would happen? And I, I don't know the answer to that. It's, it, it can be scary to think about it in this day and age. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, would you ever carry? Oh, man, I've I've thought and thought about that. I I used to be real apocalyptic and think, oh, there's going to be a day when I'm going to have right, right, right. You know, and uh, no, um, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of guns. I would carry. Uh, I wouldn't carry a handgun, but if I ever started hunting, which I don't have a problem with, mm-hmm. I would own a gun for. For a tool, so that's how I think of it. If I need it for a tool, I'd, I'd use it. But I don't have any interest in 
carrying it or yeah. keeping it. So. I I sort of vacillate back and forth actually. Uh, at times I've been like, yeah, for the safety of me and everyone around me, I should really get that done. And then the other part of me is like, yeah, but you're kind of, you know, you're kind of an idiot, Richie. You <laughs> might you might do something wrong, you know, or overreact or who My knows. My father-in-law offered me a a gun. He's kind of going through his stuff and and I told him yes, but I'm luckily nothing's happened because I'm like I'm not sure I'm going to say yes. I think I'm not yeah, going to. Yeah, again. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that maybe the one place where I've landed but haven't done anything about is it would probably be a smart idea to have a gun at my house. Yeah. You know, like locked. just in the yeah, yep. locked. Yep. Away. But also in the if you're going to do something. that Make sure you go through the training. Sure. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. a gun you don't know how to yeah, use. Yeah, going and buying a gun. <laughs> doesn't, that's uh, like buying, well, that's like a, the deathly version of buying a computer and going, yeah. well, what do I do with yeah, this? I don't know. I have no idea. Oh, nope, nope. That was wrong, and now I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, we've got other articles of news. If you want to send us an email, uh, Dave, sorry we didn't get to all of your email, but I will. I'll, I'll make you the, uh, I'll extend that olive branch and have you on an episode where we can chat about uh, the guns at church and, and all of your points of view, because I'm sure that you will be able to share those better than I could uh, in reading your email. Uh, you can mail email us, contact at theculturalhall.com. Would love to hear from you and then be able to share it. And remember, when you email us, that means likely that you are going to have your email shared. So if you don't want to do that, uh, don't, or in the first line of it, say, hey, don't share my name or you know, keep me anonymous or whatever. Let's start with the uh, Paul Cardall story. Yes. So Paul Cardall, um, obviously one of my favorite um, instrumental musicians from the LDS Church has some of the most beautiful versions of, we'll go back to Christmas music, Christmas music, but hymns um, and everything else, and his own. Um, he won uh, the Dove Award, which is a Gospel Music Association um, Which isn't award. LDS. It isn't no. LDS. It's like gospel it's, music. It's gospel music, and it's, he's the very first LDS um, composer to win that award. And so I think that's kind of a, a cool... Um, kind of a step into the the world um, where that that is. So anyway, uh, Paul Cardall. Yeah, congrats to him. And actually, he's going to be stopping by uh, next week. So oh, really? Yeah, sad that you, I got uh, one missed one week. <laughs> <laughs> if you could have been here, he's going to come to the home studio, and we're going to do likely a, a little Facebook live because he's celebrating uh, not only the winning of the award, but it's. As I understand, it's been ten years since his open heart surgery. Yeah, he posted so, on Facebook last week yeah. about that, and so and he, what scars mean, and how he's so proud of his scars. He's it was a, such a moving post. Yeah, yeah. We may get him to open up a little bit more about that. He's a he's a great guy, and and some interesting things about Paul Cardall that uh, you wouldn't suspect. I'll save that okay. until we chat with him. Um, you know, I posted this. If you're not following us on Facebook. Uh, you should. It's the cultural hall everywhere on social media, but particularly on Facebook, we do a lot of news articles. Uh, I should take this moment to shout out Craig Erickson, another uh, panelist of the cultural hall who has taken up the mantle to share on Twitter. Yeah, I, I've been I've been stealing some of his for Facebook. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Come up with great ones. Oh, great! I don't yeah, have to use I'll it. Steal that. Move it over. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, worth a mention too. Andrew has been doing the Facebook posts on the weekend, so. Uh, Did you see the dumb jokes? Oh, oh that's, yeah. That's me. <laughs> I can always tell. Sometimes I'm like, did I? Oh, no, no. I didn't write that. That was Andrew. <laughs> uh, make sure you're following us, though, because especially with General Conference coming, uh, a lot of great stuff being put out from all of us. Uh, I shared this, though. Um, you know, we, we recreate Trek. Uh, and every summer, you know, you, you put on the bonnet and they put the clothes in the bucket and you pull the hand cart. I never did and that. And there's the women's push or the women's pull or whatever yeah, it is. I always wanted to. I never Me too. Did. Me too. They don't do it in we Austin? We should just do it. No. Uh, they used to have something that was like that. Uh-huh. that they did. But I think they're done with that. Too. Yeah. But... But again, in Ogden, they had it, but my state, for some reason, never did it. So. And then by the time they did it, you had moved out and were yeah. gone on. Yeah. Uh, I I almost was doing it. This is the story of the one that got away. I was supposed to do it the summer uh, of like, let me think of this, summer of 2016, but I had to move from the ward when I was getting divorced, so I oh. they, they had me not oh, do Oh, those pesky divorces. Yes. <laughs> so this is just one step further in, um, in our weirdness. Uh, this is from LDS Living, and... Uh, there are people who are recreating 
Lehigh's trek. Yeah, I saw this. Uh, on the ocean to where they think that he would have landed in the Americas. And then they have to choose whether they go the Mediterranean one or the, yeah. the you know, which, which, you and, know. And you have to choose whether or not you're going to spend 40 days in Jerusalem. Yeah. The best part of the choose your own adventure is that whether or not you get to take off Laban's head or not. Like it's a, it's Hopefully a whole... it's a full on cruise. I, w- <laughs> I wish it would be like, like a, you know, carnival cruise, the Lehigh. <laughs> <laughs> Just a full blown thing. Don't give them any suggestions, yeah. but, uh, but this is, it's, it's called, the Phoenicia, and it's scheduled to set sail from Carthage, Tunisia, on September 18th. It's going to travel through the Mediterranean Sea to the Canary Islands and then on to America. Wow. And uh, here's the deal. If you do it, you have to dress in the full regalia, right? You have to... <laughs> Is it really? You do have to dress to say I, that? I don't know, but... But you should. But here's my thing. If you're going to do it, if yeah. you're going to try and yeah. be like Lehigh... If you're going to do this thing... And you get the Freebird bandana. Yeah. you got to get the Freebird. And <laughs> what, what's that artist's name? Andrew. Oh. Is it Andrew? I can't remember what his name is. Uh, but the guy who did the original art for the oh. uh, the Book of Mormon, where everyone's strong and ripped oh. and muscular and everyone has the bandana. <laughs> I, listen, I'm on board. Do it. If you want to get in on that, um, you can go the... Phoenicians Before Columbus Expedition Facebook page to find out exactly what that's all a bit about and how much it costs and 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 the whole thing. I'm sure that's not a cheap trip. No, 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 no. <laughs> I guarantee you. And see, the other thing is, is I feel like they should have to do it in barges with only holes on the top yeah. and holes on the bottom. Well, like that's if, the brother of Jared. That's well, not the but, high but stuff, you know right? what I'm saying, like. Uh, <laughs> Let's have our our different. Uh... You should have two choices. So this year you do the Lehigh one. Next year we're going to lock you up in a barge, and you every when you can't breathe, then you pull the, the that would be. And in the third year you get the uh, Noah experience, yeah, where it's yeah. just you and a bunch of animals. It's pretty funny. Uh, I really think people should have to do that. This one, this article was pretty funny too. Um, Marie Osmond, apparently, uh, this came out oh, in I, a I, CBS I, Sunday morning interview I was with her that. and Donnie. I was shocked. Was offered five million dollars to be in Playboy, and uh, Donnie was asked to fake a drug bust in order to help their careers. Essentially, where this comes from is they they were asked, "Hey, with being your clean cut lifestyle, has that ever had a a negative impact on on who you guys are and what you do?" And and then they were like, "Oh, oh we we have we have things in our past, things that have <laughs> happened." And they're like, you know, the interviewer were like, "What? Like what? Well." Yeah. Uh, I don't have the year, but uh, Marie talks about how she was offered $5 million to be featured in their magazine. And she says, and I could have used the money. Uh, I just wouldn't want to see my mom like that. And then at that time, I really wanted to be a mom. So that's what she decided to to not. I wonder how long she really even considered it. Not long. I can't imagine. Oh, $5 million. No. That was probably as long as that was. I mean, years ago, though, $5 million <clears throat> is a lot more. I would think that it would at least cause pause for oh, thought, I'm perhaps. Oh, sure. Just, just, just make you have to check your own standards, right? It would force you to, where other things are not that big of a deal. Yeah. I mean, because of $5 million. That's how people get tricked into things. Yeah. I, it's been interesting for me. Uh, I've never been offered $5 million <laughs> to be in Playboy. But like as a, a quote-unquote adult... And like um, a local celebrity, yeah. And what people will offer me money to do, most of the time I say yes because it's just silly, ridiculous things. But there have been times where I'm like, "Is that a thing I I really want to do?" And or, um, you know, if I ever decide to have kids, or if I share that with other people, is that going to be a thing that I go, "Oh, that's a thing I I really wish I wouldn't have done." Yeah. Not anything extreme like Playboy. And and P.S. No one wants to see this. <laughs> that inner monologue is nice to have, right? Yeah, it, and really it is because in those times where, I mean, there are, there have been a couple of times where I have accepted a thing and I've sort of been, you know, that fence sitting on it and then I accepted it and then real quickly You're went, like, oh, no. nope, this was a thing that I should not have done. And it's unfortunate, I suppose, but within those experiences, I have been able to walk away from it going, all right, things like this. I know where I'm going to naturally go to thinking wise, and then I need to remember how I feel right now so that I don't do this again. Nothing like, 
you know, yeah. church ending or anything like that. But definitely a thing where I go, oh, my time could have been better spent. Uh, well, you learn from all those. Like, yeah. And that's, you know, that's that's kind of the point of, of what we do here is sometimes Hopefully. we fail. We st- stumble. <laughs> we fall. Which is the point of the whole movie, The Last Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> here we go. Here we <laughs> I go. I won't spend too much. We, yeah. we could. Uh, but anyway, but, you know, the... The idea that, you know, we don't just pass on our successes, we pass on our failures. And it's very important to do. There's an element of that, though, missing within the church that I just... I agree. I And I don't... I, I guess I understand it on... It's on, not in the teachings or the doctrine. It's the yeah. culture. Yeah. There's this idea of, um, I've got to do it exactly right. And so they you teach your kids to... And they never give them the ability to fail. And when they do, they fail miserably instead of... Failing um, little by little, yeah, marginally. By, yeah, marginally. Yeah, it's. Uh, I I remember. You, let me. How old are you? I can't remember. What am I? Forty four. Okay, so we're <laughs> relatively the same age. I'm younger, quite a bit. But uh, and you served a mission. Yeah. Do you remember the old purple dinosaur, the missionary guide? Oh and yeah. How, how it would talk about. Um, don't share past transgressions with people. Yeah. I, I think they've gone away from that. I don't know if that still says. But, but it was very oh. prominent. Oh, very yeah. Missionaries prominent. calling it out. Don't share past transgressions. Yeah. Like calling you out as you left because you wanted to empathize with someone. And you right? like, I understand where you're coming from. I had a missionary just like rip me apart because I shared trans- past transgressions is what. Yeah. Uh, so it, It's a fascinating thing because on, on one hand, I mean, you never want to be like, it would be with few people and listeners of this this uh, show that I would say, hey, you know what? So, you know, I was excommunicated. Everyone sort of knows that here because that's the space that I've uh, created. But like on, on a general thing, I wouldn't be I, – I would not overtly with yeah, people you I haven't like met – Hey bragging guys. about yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah. I think hey. that's the point, right? right? They right. don't want you like going, yeah, I used to – in high school, I was smoking oh, weed. Know, you, and wouldn't you wouldn't believe what yeah. – you know, but – the the opposite effect I think happens. Yeah. And then sometimes when you lay down those laws like that, mm-hmm. you create a scenario uh, where people don't feel like they can look beyond that law. And I think that's why they made the change to ministering. Yeah. Um, having the the set monthly visit with hey, I give a lesson or whatever. Even though we're probably still doing about as many monthly visits as we were before. Right. We don't have those restraints on us anymore. It's the idea is that we're just supposed to love and care for each other. Yeah. So. And are we doing it? That's the thing. Yeah. I think there's a lot of work. <laughs> maybe, maybe a little effort still to be had. Uh, what? Let's uh, do that uh, oh. Boy Scout story. So uh, Utah Scout Boy Scouts laid off 21 employees as it prepares for the LDS Church leaving. So this was in the Salt Lake Tribune. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess 21 employees uh, were let go. Um and since the Church of Jesus Christ is the largest sponsor of the of the Boy Scouts, but I saw another article about this where, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of pain in the Boy Scouts side of things, but they also um, offered a quite an honor to the church and and wanted to make sure they understood how how appreciative of they had been for their involvement with the Boy Scouts. So it's kind of a two edged sword here. It'll be interesting for me to see, because I've seen some of this start to pop up, uh, how much um, the church will still continue to be involved. But like I've seen uh, people posting, hey, you know what? Our stake is going to continue to have a troop. Yeah. I mean, and I don't know that it'll still be sponsored through the church or maybe, you know, I don't know. I how shake my head. I don't know if shaking my head falls yeah, on the radio. No, that doesn't good. <laughs> that does no good. Uh I don't know if they'll still take that up within the church because lots of churches sponsor uh, troops of of uh, the uh, the Boy Scouts. So I think they could, but I just I don't think that it will be. Yeah, it won't be an official anything. But yeah. I think a lot of a lot of uh, communities will keep going. They've had them set for years. They will. It'll be interesting to how qu- quickly though they consolidate because yeah. I think there'll be some that are are. Holdouts and others, these are the wards there. They mostly play basketball, kind of thing, you know. Right, right. Those will kind of fall away, but then the ones that are really strong in it will stay. Well, and and, uh, and it depends on the new youth program. So that's the other right, thing. Right. So what kind of constraints will the new youth program have against? Because if they dominate their time 
towards the new sure, youth they can't program, do both. they can't do both. So. Or we'll be so much more demanding of them to do both. Uh, but the other thing that I like about it, though, is that it opens it up because you're going to want people to participate. It opens it up far more to the community where we would have just yeah. likely isolated ourselves within the church previously. We're like, no, listen, anyone who wants to do Boy Scouts, anybody want to do this? Come on board. I think we're really missing that in the church, this, yep. this community, open community kind of thing. So yeah. it would be nice if that was the case, but we, we tend to focus all of our programs of people who, who fall in a certain box, right. have a temple recommend, and yet we really need to be the community church yeah. if we, to, to, to meet our, our calling as you know members of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. Right? Yeah, it's a part of it that's missing for sure. Here in my neighborhood, there's a church just on the corner, which is, I'm not sure what uh, denomination it is, but I, I can tell you one thing for sure. They have the community thing down like you would not believe. There's always something going on. They've got a kid night affair. They've got a, you know, church yeah. on Sunday. They've got a food thing. They've got a dance for the kids. They've got all these things, and and it's phenomenal to see they work the way they work the and community. We, and we need to have something more official going on for people who fall out of the box. Yep. We just and because well, the box we need a bigger box. We need a bigger box. Yep. You're right. We need a box that that applies to people who maybe don't qualify for Temple Recommend yeah. right now, who are working towards it, or may never qualify for Temple Recommend. Yeah. Right. And you know what we need inside that box? What's that? Another box. Oh, yeah. And you know what's inside that box? It's like box? a Russian doll. It's another box! <laughs> uh, a few quick stories. The Tonga Temple president died this past Thursday. I thought this was um, pretty amazing. He is the Nuka Alofa Tonga Temple president. His name is uh, Taniela Longi. He passed away on September 5th. He'd been serving alongside his wife since 2016. Um, his passing was attributed to complications with pneumonia. They had three children and eight grandchildren. Wow. Uh, he enjoyed sports, rugby, uh, singing, and cultural dancing. And so a loss certainly for the the Tonga Temple District and also for if, his family. If you love serving a mission, it's probably a good way to go, though, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go doing something I love if that's what you In love. In a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. Pneumonia would not be my favorite no, way no. to go. Um, this from Las Vegas. If you're ever down in Las Vegas, there's some cool, weird stuff to see. Uh, the uh, muse- the Neon Museum, I think, is kind of a fun thing. Going to the pawn shop that's on Pawn Stars yep, is yep. also There's also a cool. lot of not fun things. Yeah, I go to Vegas yeah. for work a lot, and I was like, oh, I hate Vegas. Yeah, <laughs> I, I loathe Vegas quite a bit. But the next time you're down here, go check out the old Las Vegas Mormon Fort. Yeah. Have you been there? No, but I saw it, and I'm like, well, that's something to do instead of going <laughs> walking the streets and feeling and... like a, I need to go take a spiritual shower. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, It's pretty remarkable when you hear the history that the LDS Church has in Las Vegas, founded by members of the church, yeah. and uh, and still pretty strong in that area, but to go check out. Am the, I right that it was an outpost kind of set up by Brigham Young as for people going towards California? During the gold rush, yeah, as I understand gold, yeah. it. Yeah, like, uh, let them, I think a little bit more than an outpost. Like, outpost, I, think, I always think of like a little shanty and someone being like, <laughs> pass by! But like, uh, you know, like... Yeah. Hey, stay a spell. We got stay some here before you head across the desert, right? Something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you can check that out. The old Las Vegas Mormon Fort. I'll expect. Do you remember your other piece of homework, Andrew? Oh, what was it? Oh no, I forgot. I can't remember right now either. I'll remember <laughs> we'll here remember. in a second. It's oh, uh, I was the, Plantronics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Plantronics commercial. Yeah. It's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, today, uh, down at BYU. The uh, prophet and president of the church, President Russell M. Nelson, he spoke. And here was my observation of it. I was actually going to stick around. I had some other things, so I couldn't do it, but definitely heard him talk about um, the love. There's obviously controversy around, you know, he talked a little bit about the LGBT Mm -hmm. and about how, um, you know, it was an act of love and people certainly questioning where the love is in all of that. But, uh, Culturally, let me speak about this. So I work literally next to the uh, Marriott Center, oh, right. which is where he would have speak, uh, spoken. And um, I get to work at about five. And when I was rolling into work at five in the morning, there was already a line 
That does to, get, to get in to see the prophet speak. Now, he doesn't speak until 11. It's part of the Tuesday's devotionals, it, right? It's the biggest tailgating you've yeah, seen, it, right? It, on it, that's, that was what I equated it to, like mint brownies and chocolate yeah. milk, toast into the sky. Everyone's got their, you know, the sugar crystals on their upper cheeks, and they're just, that's right. you know, they need an oh. insulin shot like you couldn't believe. There were so many people, I could not believe it. And everyone, I shouldn't say everyone, Nearly everyone, Sunday best, like like prim, proper, Sunday best. It was raining, so standing in the rain, umbrellas. Waiting. Are they in line? Do they have line? Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like champs. Yeah. I, I envisioned in my mind's eye all of them pushing a handcart as they, uh, <laughs> as they went their way. So it, pretty remarkable for sure. Uh, you can catch that... Uh, the uh, transcript and also the video of that devotional. I think it's at uh, BYU TV. Yeah. You can get it, yeah. and they'll replay it. Uh, and it's you... on the Mormon channel. Uh, and on the uh, Mormon channel. Uh, it's still called the Mormon channel, right? I don't. I actually, it, it's probably whatever uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Saints channel, channel <laughs> is on YouTube. That's where because that's where I watch it. I watch it live. Oh, on cool. YouTube. So definitely you can see it there. There was a great article, and you can find this link at theculturalhall.com in association with this episode, uh, talking about bringing. Uh, prayer into family traditions. It's a story out of um, Texas and about how this guy was uh, invited to an iftar dinner, which is a Muslim tradition. Uh, it's a break the fast meal during Ramadan and uh, and to see the importance of prayer for the Muslims and the importance of prayer for members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And, and uh, it, it's not anything groundbreaking, but... Uh, I think it is a thing that if you are not currently, you know, uh, enjoying a family practice of prayer, at least food for thought to go, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe I, maybe that's more important than I thought, or maybe make a reconcerted effort as far as that goes. All right, you're gonna go there, I see. <clears throat> yeah, I'm gonna go to the the Me Too stuff. So there's in religion news, um, there's an article about, and I think got a lot of. Uh, uh, a lot of good, interesting comments when we posted on um, the cultural hall, but about the uh, the, the Latter Day Saints um, attitude toward women and how they um, the Me Too movement didn't really feel fit, uh, didn't feel great about how we 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 treat them. So I mean, and then it, it cites a whole bunch of different um, recent articles, like the guy who. Um, you know, vo- was a voyeur and looking into yeah the uh, out in Tennessee the uh, yeah the high priest that put the phone Whatever into the yeah I can't remember his name either but put his phone over the thing and took video of the woman changing and then you know women and the priesthood and, sure. and all those things so it you know it, it kind of went into all of that and and I, I think it's an interesting story and I think the way people deal with um, reading this is an interesting because they they tend to they tend to like either fully agree or they they say oh no that doesn't they don't have any merit at all and right. I, I think i think that's a really sad way to look at it because first of all never not everyone in the church acts that way right um and so you can't fully agree with that right it's like it's like anytime you can never say well everyone yeah guess what not everyone yeah not everyone and and a significant number do not i mean but there is there is a, a patriarchal society built it in the church that, you know, lends itself to abuse. Um, and it happens from time to time. So so not acknowledging that is also um, a problem as right. well. So, so to putting into words, in case people aren't quite getting it, like saying, oh, no, that doesn't happen. It's like, no, very clearly it happens. Yeah, absolutely. Look at Tennessee. Look at the guy in Lehigh. Look at, you know, all these different places. No, these things clearly do happen. So where you can't say all, everyone... Right. You also can't say that never because guess what? It does. And one of the biggest problems with it is people not wanting to acknowledge that it right. happens. Right. And that's that, you know, and I think just shining a light on it, making sure it's transparent is the way to go, keeping it open. Because when we don't acknowledge that it happens, that's when we allow ourselves or others to be in situations where it could and then eventually does happen. Yeah. Absolutely. I like that. That that is a that is a way that I think that we've talked about that here today. Then we maybe uh, haven't put into words as well before. So I appreciate that. I think it also leads to the future of kind of. I think what you're seeing in the church right now is a clarification of the women's role. Yeah. Um. There 
in general conference, the way they've moved uh, to the women's conference every six months. Mm -hmm. And even just a few years ago where they got rid of um, the high priests, Mm -hmm. you know, all of a sudden the Relief Society and Elders Quorum presidents are are in a very similar place. You know, there's still the bishop ahead of them. So the clarification of women's roles are, are... are definitely coming, and it's it's interesting. When I was going to Texas, I, I had I learned of this probably better than I could have ever learned from my mission president. We were I was I didn't realize how overwhelmed I was. I had left my wife here because she had to keep selling the house, mm-hmm. and I'm driving to Texas to start this new job, and I'm like, this is this is crazy. I'd never really <laughs> been away, you know. And um, I stop in to see a friend of mine in St. George who. He, he served a mission with me, and then my mission president was the first counselor in the temple presidency. Okay. So we go to dinner, and and, and then we, we go back because my friend has a, um, has, was having some health issues, so we gave him a blessing. And um, I guess—and then afterwards, I, I went back, and I'm talking to my friend and dropped him off. And as I left his house, my mission president calls me back, and she said, Sister Jones thinks that you might need a blessing, too. How do you feel about that? Hmm. And um, he, I was like, y- yeah, <laughs> yeah. And not just because he's offering, but because, yeah, I'm quite overwhelmed. I'm, I'm really kind of upset about things. I'm just holding it in, right? And so I um, go the next morning to his office in the temple, and he gives me this blessing. And all I could think of the the rest of the day was that female or woman wielded the priesthood better than any. Person, any men I've ever met, mm-hmm. and and I think that there the clarification will come in the joint relationship between men and women, right. not in the differences, right? Right. Men are this way, the but in the joint relationship and the the that, and that's how I hope the future looks. Anyway, yeah, uh, and more discussion about it, and some of those things that are still very different. I hope that. Uh, that some of those things uh, I'm calling out uh, general conference. I'm pointing to the outfield as Babe Ruth once yeah, did. Yeah. And I'm saying, I think you're going to see some changes as far as mission work goes yeah, agreed. that will make men and women more equal as far as that goes. Well, just the lowering of age um, already has done so much for sure. women in the church. But I think that, yeah. but to me, I oh, there's might a lot as well more take coming. a second. Like, I think, I think that you'll see a time not too far off when it is, uh, that men will be able to serve shorter than 24 months, and that women will be able to serve earlier. So I think so. a woman can graduate from high school and I think that's a good and be able to go because there because to me, and this is where people get defensive and push back. There's not a reason. Yeah, you know, there, in fact, a lot of people would say that an 18 year old female is far more mature than an 18 year old male. So why are we hesitating? It, I, you know, and I, I wonder where it originally. I still don't get where it originally came from. Maybe that, well, if you if you didn't get married right away, right, right. and, you go, and you, now you're 21, now you can go on a mission. I don't know. That I mean, it sounds it, sound, it, yeah, it, it sounds a little tone deaf, but I think that that was probably part of it. Yeah. And now we're like, yeah, okay, these are valuable experiences that the entire church needs, not just men, not just women. So let's uh, offer these experiences. And so I think, I feel very strongly that you're going to see um, that accessibility for more to serve missions. And and perhaps that's like a service lean uh, on missions as well. So that maybe you, I can maybe I don't feel like doing a proselyting for two years. Right. I can right. do a service for one year and be a young person. I think you're going to see that. Well, I think I think doing that when going back to the women, uh, women in the priesthood thing, not that they're going to do the priesthood, but it it grows the women leadership. Yes, capabilities yes. by doing that, and all of a sudden now you have all these, and it's happening now. Now you have all these return missionaries who are used to being taking it, taking the gospel like any other priesthood holder would, right? Like, and and. And then they then they get put in primary. Not that that's necessarily bad. No, but primary we, but is we wonderful. need more prominent leadership. women leadership. That yep. leadership is is very important. Yep. So I'm yeah. excited. Hundred percent. I'm on board for that. Uh, I see the articles that you have left, and also the articles I have left, and we don't possibly have time to get into them. So that's it. <laughs> did you have a good time? I did. This was great experience. Was if uh, if you could, uh, well, what's your calling right now, Andrew? I'm gonna I'm gonna do this for you because you. Oh yeah, I asked for it. <laughs> even though you don't do it on articles and news. Yeah. My calling right now is I'm I teach elders quorum and I'm the ward choir director. Nice. So. Double dipping. 
yeah. down there north of Austin. If you could pick a calling for yourself, either one that exists or make one up, what would you pick? Oh, that, you know, I should have, when asking you, I should have thought through my... <laughs> <laughs> you just really wanted to do it. You had no prepared responses. I wasn't planning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it probably would be gospel doctrine teacher. Yeah? I, I Which I, subject I, of gospel doctrine? Anything. I love teaching. Okay. And, but... I teach to the elders elders right now, and that's great, but I like the diversity of opinion that right. comes with gospel doctrine, and I just love that. And I've only ever been able to hold that calling for four months. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I get so it. I'm like, yes, so I have did, it. So you didn't and do they very well. call me it. to something else. Last time I, got, I had it, and I was excited, and they called me to the elders quorum presidency. I'm like, that was not a good yeah. exchange. Come on. <laughs> Let me have a little bit more time. And then uh, to wrap this thing out, what's your favorite part of your faith? The, the knowledge that the atonement of Jesus Christ has more to do than just in salvation. It's all about helping me grow and be able to live closer to Jesus Christ itself. And that concept, when I'm, when, I'm ha- when I'm struggling, when I'm having tough times, when I'm having good times, that concept just drives everything about how I feel about the gospel. Hmm. I love it. I uh, hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. And oh, <laughs> yeah, put you on the spot. <laughs> totally went blank. I love it. You, I wish you guys could see how his. Uh, how his I'm face, like, I know this. He's this like, is... I have listened to this over 400 times easily. Uh, that uh, that if you're sick and afflicted, that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week, and that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. You should see how ready he is. Uh, in the meantime, we'll be saving a seat for you on the back seat. On the back row. Back row. Back seat. Andrew. That's not a car. Andrew. <laughs> Man, of I could do better. The cultural I can do hall. better. Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat. 